and welcome to Inside the Bradfield Centre. I'm James Parton, the Managing Director of the Bradfield Centre. And I'm Adelina Chalmers. I'm known as the Geek Whisperer. Joining us on today's episode is George Neville-Jones, who is the Local Director of Metro Bank in Cambridge. I'm really looking forward to talking to George today to understand Metro's philosophy and their approach to how they support local entrepreneurs and startups around Cambridge. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to hearing um, uh, how things happen behind the scenes because I um, actually bank with Metro Bank for my business. So um, for me, it will certainly be interesting to hear how, um, how things run and how they help other companies as well. Thank you for coming on to the show, George. Um, it's lovely um, having you with us. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at the bank? Sure. Hi, Adeline. It's, it's, it's really good to be here. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, so I'm the local director for Metro Bank in Cambridge, and that means that uh, fundamentally I'm, I'm sort of boots on the ground in, in the city and around the surrounding area. Um, I guess my job is to know as many people as possible and to connect them where I can. And at the same time, obviously, for the bank, I've got a store manager, James Zimmer-Smith, who runs our branch day-to-day, our store day-to-day, uh, and then a business manager, Nick Holmes, who runs a business portfolio. So I kind of float above them and make sure I'm, I'm present and, and available. So, George, obviously our kind of primary audience is very much tech startups and scale-ups. So why don't you kind of walk us through Metro's uh, approach to supporting entrepreneurship and startups and scale-ups? Well, it started, I mean, it started pretty accidentally. Um, the bank built its business proposition in a manner that was designed to be as efficient and easy as possible. So lots of good tech behind some good people. Uh, the idea is you can always you know, do most things online, of course, but you can also pick up the phone to your local business manager in Cambridge, that would be Nick, or to me, you know, local director, and and achieve whatever you need to achieve. And, and that wasn't really aimed at the tech ecosystem, but it just proved very popular because as a, as a founder, I find that the entrepreneur is often doing things for the first time and something which you know, actually is quite complicated when you do it for the first time. It's very easy when you have a chance to pick up the phone to Nick and say, right, how do I run through this? How do I do that? Or what do I think about next year when we go from five people to 50? And it's that sort of conversation alongside decent tech that we find works really well um, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, let's call it the funded ecosystem, the sort of the tech company ecosystem. And do you see the kind of concentration of the kinds of clients that you serve in Cambridge being different to the typical Metro kind of operation? Or does Metro have a lot of kind of tech and startup kind of customers across the country? So we, we major on supporting smaller businesses. So very much the S uh, of SME. Um, so our, our customers, business customers are typically up to about 5 million turnover. And that's the same across the patch, um, but we do have concentrations of sort of funded ecosystem support with uh, my counterpart Ashley Keane over in Oxford. Um, Ashley's the local director there, and 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 again knows a great deal in terms of local investors and you know, local interesting companies and so on. And then we've also got quite a good footprint in London. Uh, we've got my colleagues in London who who. Do, do a similar sort of role, have a similar sort of focus to Ashley and I, um, 
both in the startup and the scale-up space. Can you give us a bit of an idea of the top three types of, of clients that you have in Cambridge? What, 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 what sort of profile do they have? What sort of problems do they come to you with? So, so we're, I mean, we're a full-service bank, so we have uh, a very large retail banking proposition, so lots of individuals, lots of personal customers. Um, but we also have a, a significant focus on the business community, as I've already mentioned. And if I, if I answer the question in respect to the business community, um, yeah, so we have, um, we've got really on the, you know, we've, we've got a sort of more traditional client base where our customers are businesses that you would see in and around Cambridge all the time. You know, anyone from a building contractors to a printers, to a cafe, to a wine bar. Um, and then we've got our, our sort of tech, our funded ecosystem customers, and they come into two categories, really. You've got the fundamentally, you've got startups, you've got the new entrepreneurs, and then you've got the the scale-ups, and often they started as one and developed into the next, which is fantastic. So going back to the tech community that you support, uh, George, can you give us an example of uh, or two of some stories of how you help uh, these startups and scale-ups? Yeah, sure. So uh, one, there's one really nice example, which is a business that was started by two um, Cambridge PhD students, and they, they dropped out uh, to start this company. And they were running it in a, in a, in a rented house in, in the city. Um, they ended up with nine people there and servers in the bathroom and that sort of thing. So, yeah, they came to us when they first set up that business and we helped with the business account and with a few contacts that they needed in the professional community and so on. And then when I went to see them at, at their office and saw that they were definitely running out of space, I mean, servers don't really live in the bathroom. Um, I put them in touch with some property people in Cambridge, some of the, some of the commercial space agents, and, and they found a found an office that they could move into uh, and then the subsequent they've moved down to London um, because the team has grown significantly and they need to move to London to get the sort of the volume of, of personnel that they need in that in that company and that's been a two-year growth journey and they've raised a couple of rounds through that period and as they've grown they've obviously had to add different systems both on the banking side and the, and the business side so we've helped them obviously with the banking systems because there's a natural growth in our system capability um, which we've sort of educated them about and guided them through, and then also on the on the on, on the professional side, uh, we've been able to put them in touch with virtual finance offices in Cambridge for them to choose who to work with on an accounting basis, um, make sure they've got plenty of you know, legal support and that sort of thing. So it's more than the straightforward plumbing behind the business. It's more than the straightforward banking. It's just. Um, it's just access to our, our contacts and connections as and when needed and as and when asked for. And that's been a really nice, really nice story. So we, we, we're, we're their primary bankers. They've got to a point now where they put a bit of treasury with us and also with two other banks because there comes a point where any CFO is sensible to split around a big lump of money between a number of institutions. And we actually talk to them about which institutions are good to go with when that time comes around. Um, and it's just, it's just a really nice relationship. And I'm looking forward to them probably doing another raise in 2021 and motoring forwards. So, George, you mentioned that your network. Um, I know firsthand how generous you are with your connections and your introductions. So why don't we spend a little bit of time talking about kind of Cambridge and the makeup of the ecosystem and the kind of movers and the shakers. Um, how, how do you interact? How do you connect? You know, wh where do you see good stuff happening around the city right now? Well, this is, this is a really lovely part of Metrobank's um, business model. Yeah, Metrobank realised that most business banks um, in the UK were moving away from any sort of personal contact at all and, and just relying on telephone centers and online only 
services and that sort of thing. And Metro put people back on the ground. So you know, local business manager, local director, the store manager, people who know the know the ecosystem, they know the professionals who who work around, they know the you know, different service providers. And well, that's one of the things that really attracted me to it because Cambridge is a great market. It's a great city to be working in. And I was doing corporate banking and had an opportunity to come over and work for Metro Bank as the local director. And you just, it's taking all of those people that you know, all of those connections that you know, and you might work with as a corporate banker you know, only a couple of times a year and increasing the opportunity to speak and work and, and interact with them. And so practically that is, you know, when I sit down and I, I meet an entrepreneur and have a chat about what they're doing and what they might need and where they're going with the business and the opportunities they see. And actually there'll be something, I know, let's give an example. Maybe they maybe they need to move over to the States in some way in the next 24 months. Well, then I'll put them in touch with maybe Dan Glazer at WSGR or somebody like that, who, who is, you know, WSGR, a US law firm, Dan's their London office partner. And he can help with that connection through to the US and help them get ready to make that move. And and it's it's a really easy thing for me to do, but it well, you'd never get it from some sort of telephone service from another bank. And from my perspective, it's frankly it's good fun because you've you've added a bit of value and helped uh, an interesting business and, a, and an entrepreneur. George, can I ask you to tell us a bit more, I think, about the um well, the story of the bank and the ethics behind it, because you always seem to, I remember you came to my billion pound event, you know, over the last few years, and you were always offering this additional support, which is not something that I would have imagined the bank does. Um, and from what I heard about Metro Bank and the leadership of the bank, um, you know, the, your CEO and, and people in charge of, of your bank are people who are very interested in genuinely adding value to companies and businesses rather than just, oh, here we are, we're processing your money or holding your money whatever can you tell us a bit more about perhaps the um the, the values of the bank and and what what sort of connection perhaps you're looking to to have with these companies because you seem to always go above and beyond and i'm wondering can you tell us a bit more about where that comes from it's sort of it's snowballed a bit since the bank was founded the bank was founded 10, 10 years ago it's actually our 10th birthday this month uh, in july oh congratulations yeah thanks uh we're very young for a uk bank but you know, quite old for a startup um and we were founded 10 years ago by an American banking entrepreneur, Vernon Hill, and um, a British banker, Craig Donaldson. And the idea was to bring people back into UK banking. So build a really good set of tech behind the scenes so you can get all the efficiency um, from, that, from that technology suite, but have people at the front end. And other banks in the UK had been building efficiency in by taking people out and putting tech in front of the customer. Um, we wanted to keep people in front of the customer, have tech there for use as and when you know, needed, but then put all of our good, you know, all of our good technology behind the behind the people. So you end up with a very personal service. And then that that whole idea was was building out and, and developing and evolving as these things do as you know with a startup. And the service side just snowballed. And I think having a local director and having you know, a local business manager, having people in in that local area who who are you know, the Metro Bank people in that city or wherever gives the those individuals the ability to really play the old-fashioned bank manager role. You know, be the person who, when the yeah, I don't know, make, let's make up a case study here. When a when an eighteen-year-old walks in and says, "I want to set up a window cleaning company," you know, you can help them with the bank account, but you can also tell them where they can buy the ladders and tell them where they can get the van. And that's the that's the 
you know, the old fashioned way of doing it. And this is just an extrapolation of that in the 21st century equivalent. And it's replicated across the whole network. And I'm constantly hearing stories from colleagues where they've helped so-and-so to do this or, you know, company X to do that. Um, and in some, in some respects, it's, um, in some respects, it's, it, it's, it's a risk. As the bank grows, there's a risk that we might lose that. But you know, I'm seeing we've just opened in Sheffield, uh, which is a great city to be in. And my colleague Michelle's working really hard up there as local director there. And she's doing all of the same stuff that we're doing in Cambridge without having the, you know, without being, being me or being Ashley in Oxford. You know, it's just, it just naturally replicates because the bank is carrying this momentum forward and expanding it and, and growing it around the country. It's really, it's quite cool. And I think, I mean, listening to that, and then a conversation so far, I think it's obvious why there's been a natural synergy between the work you're doing and the work we're doing at the Bradfield Centre, because, you know, we share a, a lot of the, a common philosophy, really, in terms of, you know, connecting and enabling and supporting and helping people. Um, so why don't we just chat a little bit about how the kind of relationships developed, um, you know, between the Bradfield and, and Metro in Cambridge. Um, I guess, you know, obviously we first met because you were obviously spending time inside the building as part of your role, I guess, of being around the ecosystem and connecting people, which is, you know, something that we love to see. Um, and, and we kind of moved towards making that a little bit more formal through the uh, the Office Hours program. Do you want to just kind of explain um, the Office Hours program to people and, uh, you know, why they should maybe come along and have a chat with you? And, and maybe we could move on and talk about some of the things that have come out the back of that. Yeah, Office Hours, James, is a is a really good concept. Um, we're seeing, seeing sort of variants of it built out in elsewhere as well. So you're you're leading the charge with it. But I mean, office hours is your uh, forum for members and non-members to approach um, kind of known professionals and have a pro bono conversation about their needs um, with no commitment and no you know, no overt sales or anything on the part, part of the part of the professional either. And so from, from my perspective, it's just, it's nice to be able to come and spend, um, or pre-lockdown at least, an afternoon at the Bradfield um, running an office hours section. And I would then either invite people to to come and see me then if they, if, if they were in need of that sort of support, um, in need of that sort of very early scoping conversation, um, or people could just drop in, as happens quite often, and you know, be they members or non-members, just come and sit down and, and say hello. And it it's invariably quite busy um, as a as an afternoon, um, and you invariably have some really interesting discussions. And quite often, it's nothing to do with Metro Bank at all. You know, I, I find that I'm sitting talking about I don't know, you know, the the challenges of um, banking cryptocurrency in the UK because cryptocurrency is a very difficult part of the part of the market to bank and it's one that we struggle to bank but there are other banks who who can do it if it's couched in the right terms and, and approached in the right way and so it's, yeah, there's nothing no benefit to metro bank from having that conversation with with somebody but it's a benefit to them um and that's that's just part and parcel of office hours i think really it's it's just giving a bit of time away um to help to use our to use our expertise and i know that you know, Andy Turpin, PM, and, and Faye Holland, Cavinative, uh, really value that as well. It's an interesting one because I think, Adelina, I'm sure you've seen this and you might have some comments on this as well. But at, sometimes I see entrepreneurs or like members hesitant to kind of engage unless they have a specific 
thing to talk about. Um, you know, for a good example of that is why would I go talk to an angel or a VC if I'm not raising money? Or, or why would I go to talk to, you know, to Metro if I don't have any banking needs? But I think the part they miss is just the expertise and the networks and the opportunities and the and the, and the kind of maybe the unfair kind of scene opportunity that comes out of a kind of fairly spontaneous conversation. So, you know, that's what we're trying to really encourage people to do is just to think a little bit differently and take the opportunity to sit down and have a coffee with someone with no particular agenda, because you never know what comes out of that situation. Yeah. And, and for the sake of, you know, a 20 minute, half hour conversation, you can actually find yourself coming up with some pretty good, pretty good tips and tricks. I mean, yeah, the, the, the oldest example, the one I come across time and time again is, is foreign exchange transactions where, how many entrepreneurs in, in the Bradfield do some sort of foreign exchange transaction within their business, either being paid by or paying to somebody overseas? Now, if you do that through your through your your bank, you're going to pay more than if you do it with somebody like TransferWise. But then you've got more I don't know, assuredness that that um, you might feel that you have more assuredness that that transaction is going to go through. It might just be more convenient or whatever. If you start moving big lumps of money around, well, that's where you need to talk to talk to your bank, be a metro bank or otherwise. And if it's if it's us, we put you in touch with our one of our currency traders and we actually get your wholesale price on the money if it's a big lump. So yeah, that just by sitting down and having a 20, 30 minute conversation, you can make that whole process more efficient in a way that you never, you, know, you might never have explored otherwise. So that th- there are plenty of low hanging fruit out there, which people don't generally pluck in the banking industry or in the accounting sector or whatever. And sitting down with a professional to have a very broad, you know, agenda free discussion over 20 minutes half an hour you might find one or two of them and they'll certainly pay for the coffee <laughs> it's interesting because some of the most lucrative and um inspiring work um situations i've had have been through serendipitous serendipitous meetings or meetings where people said oh perhaps you should talk and um yeah, you're right. I think sometimes people don't do enough of that in Cambridge. In fact, I was speaking to a, an investor who worked in San Francisco for a long time, and he was telling me how in Silicon Valley, people are more open to that sort of thing than he's observed in Cambridge. And I think perhaps it's one of those lessons that we should learn from Silicon Valley a bit more. I don't know. Um, and that's what I was thinking, George, that I'm sure you have loads of amazing stories. Um, I remember when, when you were at the um, Billion Pound event and when we were talking about one of the challenges that one of the startups was facing, you offered to open some doors for them uh, with their ideal customers. And I was genuinely impressed by that, actually, um, because I even I, who is I'm very open to networking and connecting and everything, as you probably know, even I didn't realize you would have those sorts of contacts for him. And that was amazing. I thought it was really great. No, I mean that, that was a that was a public forum introduction. Um, so I can mention it again now. I mean the uh, that that was when we were hearing from Psyomics, and they were talking about the sort of businesses that they that they'd like to meet and go and, and have a conversation with. And a good friend of mine, he's actually uh, one of my fellow officers in the Army Reserve, is uh, very senior in an occupational health business, and so and they're looking to do more in mental health. Um, so there was a, a very easy connection, a very sort of serendipitous connection to make there, and. Yeah, I mean that that will be a conversation. It has is a conversation that's 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 ongoing. I know they speak relatively regularly now, and it's helping with the with the development of that company. Um, so I, I hope that something practical and tangible will come out of it eventually. Yeah, that's really a great example. Um, I mean, uh, and I guess it, we we should definitely talk about COVID, uh, the impact that it's had on the economy and small business. Um, Josh, you want to just try to help demystify the kinds of support and services that are available to small businesses at the moment? Yeah, sure. So, so 
I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to run through all of the different support measures because they're well publicized. And um, there are a couple of government websites that give the full, full sort of suite of measures, which we're all pretty familiar with now, further and that sort of thing. But, you know, we've been heavily involved um, with the coronavirus business interruption loan scheme and the bounce back loan scheme. Um, broadly speaking, the Sybils coronavirus business interruption loan scheme is for slightly bigger lens and bigger companies, and the Bibbles bounce by loan scheme is for smaller lens and smaller companies. Um, and they're both predicated on the business having a revenue line um, and various other criteria. But it's been it's, it was a really busy lockdown for my team and I because we we were inundated with requests. We were doing an awful lot to help shape you know, to, you know, our response to those requests and how we how we can help our customers. And then in the later part of lockdown, the bounce back scheme launched and was just incredibly busy across the banking sector. Um, and we've been uh, helping companies to open accounts with us so they can access the bounce back loan scheme because we've got a, a really efficient platform to to apply for and, and in, obviously in many cases receive a bounce back loan, um, where some of the other banks were struggling with volume and that sort of thing. So we've been open, opening a significant number of business accounts to support bounce by loan applications. I think yeah, it's it's been a full, a pretty full package from the Chancellor, and it's certainly kept us very busy administering it, working with it, and supporting our customers through lockdown. Um, I don't expect that to slow down as as time goes on because these schemes don't close until the autumn, uh, and I think more and more businesses are going to make use of them. Um, the, you know, the the big challenge for everyone is what comes next. And you know, I, I, I would be in danger of speculating if I had a crack at predicting the future. I think I'll leave that to people who are more qualified. I mean, I understand, yeah, why you would want to avoid doing that. Have you got any sentiment, though, that you're picking up in the conversations from, with your kind of customers? Is it, uh, do they feel like, you know, things are looking up or is it is it difficult to generalise? It's difficult to generalise, definitely. Um I mean, our customers have fallen into three camps, really. There's been the, the businesses who've been really hard hit by, by COVID and the lockdown. Yeah, I mean, take a restaurant, for example. The businesses who've been uh, absolutely flying as a result of the impact of the coronavirus. I mean, it could be a, uh, I mean, let's take that's a classic example. We work with a number of a number of pharma companies who are involved in some sort of reaction to it. Um, and they've been very busy. And and then there's a, the sort of majority of companies who are in the middle uh, in that sort of grey area, and many of them have been really very impressively fighting for revenue. You know, changing their businesses overnight to react to um, the lockdown and and to make sure that they, um, you know, they, they they could still have a business at the end of it rather than just shutting up shop and going home. Um, and that's been that's been really good to see. And uh, I think we'll continue to see that sort of originality and innovation coming through coming through the market, but. Yeah, I mean, as 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 has been widely publicised, we're we're in very on very new ground here, and it could it could be it could be very challenging. It could be very very positive in in the next few months. We've just just got to see how things develop, and and I think the chances schemes have done a lot to support the the, the position today. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Is that you're you're absolutely right. A lot of companies I've seen um, have either changed or. Um, had to adapt massive, massively, um, or everything has just started booming, um, which is really um, interesting. Is there anything that you would like people to know um, that is happening or coming up that you think it would be useful for the Bradfield Centre members and perhaps other tech companies um, in, in our area? Yeah, sure. So, Adelina, there's, 
there are a number of things coming up uh, that we're involved in organising. So I'm the secretary of the Cambridge Enterprise and Technology Club, uh, which is chaired by Andrea Lorenz. And Andrea has been organising a, a really successful webinar series with the judge uh, and Cambridge Wireless, and that, that continues. And so you can find details on any of those three websites, the CTC, Cambridge Wireless, or, or the Judge Business School. Uh, and the next topic is cybersecurity uh, next week. And then we also run our, I say we, as in myself, Nick Holmes at the bank, we run the Cambridgeshire Entrepreneurs Group, um, which is a, uh, an unstructured meetup, sort of very tr- you know, traditional, original style meetup where you turn up and do a quick intro and there's no real agenda beyond that uh, for entrepreneurs. And that's a 1,200-member group, and we meet monthly. We probably have so 15, 20 people monthly having a, um, having a drink. Traditionally, we would go to the lab, um, but now we're, we're going to be using a different venue and hoping to meet up in person in August. We've got, we've got space booked at the Old Spring Pub on um, Chesterton Road. And then, and like I say, that's been running monthly, and we, we ran a couple of webinars through the, um, through the lockdown period uh, on that. And then the third, I mentioned, I mentioned WSGR earlier on. Now we're working at the moment on a on a dinner with <clears throat> WSGR in the autumn. It'll be in November uh, for businesses looking to go to the US in some form. You know, looking to lean heavily on on a US connection in some form. Maybe it might be a US market or uh, actually setting up a US operation or whatever it is. And that that will be you know, quite quite carefully targeted. But if there are companies listening to this who are interested in um, sitting down formally and hearing from Dan at WSGR and other other experts in that space, then, then do get in touch with me um, because that that will be coming around in, in the middle of November, uh, assuming we don't move into more restrictions, um, obviously, which would change the nature of that event. So it's quite a, quite a bit going on, quite a bit coming down the track. Excellent. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on today and, and uh, update us with everything that's going on at the bank and you know your approach to supporting the uh, the community. Um, I think people will find that quite enlightening, actually. So it's it's great to see that kind of community led approach. Well, thanks, James. I mean, it's 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 really good to be here and good to work with the Bradfield. Um, I think yeah, you know, what you do in the ecosystem matches perfectly with what we we do, and um, and it's a lot of fun. Well, it was lovely talking to you again, George, and uh, nice to hear other stories that you had as well. some of the case studies of how uh, George helps um, tech companies in Cambridge because I see them advising um, some of the startups in the foyer well at least I saw them before lockdown and I always wondered what are they talking about yeah I mean as we talked about in the conversation you know I I saw the same thing you know George is in the building a lot which is fantastic that's what we're there for and you know we got chatting and the idea of having a more formal office hours you know really came from the basis of that conversation and uh and that was really i think one of the kind of points i tried to make in the conversation was i'd really implore anyone listening to this to just take 20 minutes out your day grab a cup of coffee with george or andrew or Faye. you know the amount of insight these guys can give you in a short amount of time and the connections and introductions they can make for you is just you know invaluable it's worth a it's worth a cup of coffee So thanks again to George for coming on today's episode. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher or by going to the Bradfield Centre under Community. Community.